Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Falling Hard. I'm Sarah, and I have a great guest joining me on the episode today. I'm so pleased to be able to speak with Lauren, who is a friend of mine and an Australian expat who's been living in Europe for the past couple of years. She currently lives in Vienna with her Austrian partner, Lawrence, and we dive deep into what it's been like for her to be in this international cross-cultural relationship, what kind of misunderstandings they've had, um, differences in humor or in style. We also talk a little bit about what it's like to be in an international relationship with some larger considerations like deciding where to live or how to deal with visa issues that might come up. And finally, we touch on the topic of reverse culture shock or when you go back to your home country and don't really feel like you belong there anymore, which I think is a super interesting phenomenon. Um, I think Lauren is really inspirational. She is also a solo female entrepreneur as you'll hear more about it in this episode. So I think I will let the rest of the conversation speak for itself and hope you guys enjoy. Hi, Lauren. Thanks for joining me. And thanks for having me. Yeah. Do you want to give the listeners a bit of an introduction to yourself? Yeah. Okay. So I'm Lauren and I'm an Australian currently living in Vienna, Austria. And I was I moved here because um, my partner is Austrian, uh, originally from Linz, and we met, I mean, a couple of years ago, but we'll get into that later, I guess. Um, but yeah, the reason why I'm here is because, yeah, he's an Austrian and I'm living as an expat, um, working on my own business. Um, and yeah, that's, cool. that's a little bit about me. I yeah. mean, <laughs> we'll go into the details, I guess, but yeah, that that's works. where I'm at right now. Thanks. Um, so my first question for you is, how has it been being in a relationship with someone from a different country or an international relationship? Have you noticed any interesting cultural differences between mm -hmm. you two? Okay. So, I mean, where to start? I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so I would say, I think I've been in two long-term relationships. And yeah. so this relationship that I'm in now is the second relationship that I've been in. And yeah, I mean, in the beginning, I, I was thinking, oh, he's very um, exotic, you know, very interesting. Like he's very, I mean, the differences I notice is that he's very, like very cultural, like into classical music and like just like the stereotype of what like a European guy would be like, <laughs> I guess. Um, and yeah, I mean, that was the first difference that I noticed. Um, like, uh, you know, my partner is very like he is into um, you know music and what else like just um, a little bit more like even just down to like the foods and stuff as well. Like um, I know in Australia, like we've got a like our our diet is like very much around um, like similar to American, I guess. Um, and so I've always looked at like the um, fruits and stuff in like cakes and things as being like a little bit more old fashioned, you know, something that my grandmother would have like, and my grandfather uh, would have eaten, you know, back in the day. Um, and I've just noticed these like little differences, like it's very normal to have like, you know, jams in the cakes and like raisins are in the cakes and raisins and everything, um, applesauce, you know, all that kind of thing. So like very much around like the, the food kind of thing, um, just a little bit more like, mm -hmm. like, I mean, I don't want to say old fashioned. I just don't know another word, but a little bit old fashioned, a little bit more like, I don't know, just if that makes sense, but that's the note. That's what I noticed anyway. Okay, cool. I'm trying to think of what I can think of off the top of my head for, I mean, it, if you say like 
American and Australian cultures are a bit similar and also having spent like um, five weeks in Australia at one point, which is not all that long, but you know, I know some Australian people, so I guess I'm a bit familiar with the culture. Um, I guess one thing that I noticed between like, let's just make crazy generalizations and say European people, European guys versus American guys. I feel like sometimes there's a bit more of a macho culture in North America that guys have to be a lot more like manly and certain things that are considered more feminine. Um, Like even weird things like wearing scarves or I don't know, not being that into sports. They're like, oh, that's so European. Like, oh, he dresses European. Is he gay or is he just European? Yes. Yeah. I I totally know what you mean there. I've noticed that in Australia too. Um, And when you mentioned scarves, like, you know, I didn't, I I don't think I ever saw or an Aussie I mean we are in a totally different climate I don't, I, I don't think I ever saw them like you know wearing a scarf unless we went to the snow or something but that was yeah it's just not a thing and yeah I, so I've noticed that too like the way they dress like a little bit more um yeah a bit more formal maybe I don't know um yeah less of a bro culture yeah. like there's sort of this hyper masculinity in North American culture sometimes yeah yeah for sure yeah. <laughs> well, I hope everyone can forgive us for just making sweeping generalizations across this whole podcast, but I do feel like there are some tendencies in that direction, let's say. Um, but coming back to your current relationship, um, I'm curious, have you guys had any disagreements or misunderstandings related mm-hmm. to being from different cultures? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the main thing was in the beginning was like um, understanding each other's like sarcasm and like when we were being funny or when we were being serious um mm-hmm. and that was more like a language thing I mean his English is perfect it's better than mine <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh but at the same time like there was just these things like you know like I might I don't know just like little little mannerisms little things that I would say um and then yeah he might take it a little bit serious or I might take it serious and get offended by whatever he says and like so mm-hmm. I think in a few the first few months of our relationship we had to really like get to know each other and get to know that side of each other and what what we meant um like what was serious what was you know just a a joke or whatever um yeah that was probably the biggest one um for me and yeah and I mean with like also with you bringing up clothing and stuff as well like I remember being quite judgmental although he was very (laughs) interesting and I was like drawn to him I was still like you know like, you know, if we'd go shopping or whatever, I'm thinking, okay, how would an Aussie, how would an Aussie dress? You know what I mean? And I'm like thinking, yeah. but then now it's like, you know what? I don't really um, want him, you know, I'm not going to change him. Like I love him for who he is, but it's, um, I'm just noticed that I'm a little bit more relaxed now with like, I just, I'm like, oh, that's just him. You know, that's just. Yeah. You get used to it. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> My boyfriend has also <laughs> worn some things where I think the old me before I moved to Germany to Europe would have been like, okay, what is this? <laughs> no offense, Mo. I love your style. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I would have been like, what is this outfit? Like, yeah. I think much more like bold style choices, yeah. like red pants or yeah, something yeah, where, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which are great. Um, yeah. Or even it's actually pretty funny to our first date. He wore like a head to toe white outfit, like yeah. white jeans, <laughs> white sweater, white blazer, which even he admits his family makes quite a lot of fun of him for this actually but even he admits that this was like quite an odd style choice but he's just said that it was like laundry day the next day so he wanted to wear all of his white stuff so he had enough white laundry to do 
different style choices but you know it's about the person yeah exactly (laughs) yeah exactly no there was like I mean in the beginning yeah that was very much of like you know are you sure you want to wear that like you know it took me a while to um yeah just like relax and just be like okay just let him be a person you know what I mean like when I actually when I first moved to Germany this is really bad and I'm sorry if I'm offending anyone I thought that so many guys were gay based on how they look I was like oh no he must be gay he must be gay and it's like oh no they're just European and my friends were get so mad at me they're like Sarah why do you think everyone is gay yeah yeah I "I don't know like in North America if this person dressed this way or acted this way then they're more likely I know it's really bad to stereotype but you need a different gaydar yeah (laughs) yeah for sure yeah no I definitely had those thoughts too especially in the beginning I was like because it's just it is different like I think in Australia it's similar to what you're saying it's very like macho masculine like you know it's a you know you're like you're a man's man kind of thing like I mean at least the at least the um, men that I grew up with anyway um in my small town but um, but even like moving into the cities too, I still noticed that like I was living on the Gold Coast um, for a while and it was a very like, yeah, like a, a place to just like show off, you know, what you've got, show off your muscles and you know what I mean? Like that's the stereotype yeah. there, like show off, you know, your tats and like things like that. And whereas yeah. in, in Europe, I've just noticed it's, well, the, the guys that I hang out with anyway, they're um, yeah, just a bit more like formal like what they like they you know kiss each kiss you on both sides of the cheek and they're like you know very like also like even Lawrence now actually one thing that I do love is that he always puts my coat on for me if we get up at the at the rest after you know if I put my coat on a hook at the restaurant you know uh we get up to leave and he's always like yeah put it on and it's just not it comes naturally to him you know like that chivalry kind of thing (laughs) which I do like yeah 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 yeah, I think the hyper-masculine culture can be really toxic sometimes. Like, it's kind of nice that guys in Europe don't have those same ideas where, I mean, it's not everyone, but I think for some people, you, they feel like they can't show all their emotions and they can't be sensitive and you have to be really tough all the time. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's can be quite difficult. Yeah, for sure. Um, I've noticed, like... I've noticed here it's uh, this all the friends that I have anyway the male friends that I have in Europe um they are a bit more like sensitive and aware of their emotions as well um I know um you know one in particular um loves to talk about this kind of thing like embracing the feminine side you know of Mm. yourself and not just focusing on the masculine because and and I think it's they're just, it's just like, there's a part of them. I mean, you know, it's like, could be stereotyping. I mean, they're in Australia as well, but like, there's, there's just like many deep conversations can have, I, I can have many deep conversations with these guys. And I just feel like it's, you know, not like in this way, maybe I just can't figure out another way to explain it, but it's like almost like talking to a girlfriend, you know what I mean? Even though yeah, they're yeah. like, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, yeah. yeah, there's a really good book on it that I've been meaning to read, um, The Mask of Masculinity. Okay. Um, one of my friends was reading it. It's like how men can embrace vulnerability and yeah. create strong relationships. So it could be yeah. put that in That's, the show notes. But yeah, sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, um, coming back to your relationship, I mean, aside from smaller misunderstandings or differences in humor, have you guys faced any larger issues, any larger challenges that you've had to deal with? Um, yeah, I mean, that's, 
in regards to being in a relationship, I mean, in an international relationship, like obviously there's like going to be um, compromises and like, um, you know, for something that, you know, I've been working on for the last couple of years is like settling into, first we were living in Munich and that took me some time to settle in. Um, and then I thought, oh no, I want to go back to Australia. And so it's not like, it's not so easy. You can't just be like, oh, I've got to, you know, let's go. We're, we're moving to Australia yeah. now. Um, you have Because it's so far. Yeah, it's so far. And you've also got to, you know, talk about where each other wants to be in the future. Um, and so that's like, you know, it's exciting being in an international relationship because you do have this opportunity to be in a few different places, like settle in a few different places, but then at the same time, um, you you have to be aware that one of you is missing out on something and it could be like mm. family, being close to family or close friends, um, you know, or it could be, um, you know, not having the job that you want in particular because there's a language barrier or whatever. Um, yeah, just these different things that I never thought would be a thing yeah. in my life. <laughs> yeah, actually, I wanted to ask you that. So did you guys ever um, like have a disagreement or have trouble kind of deciding together where you wanted to live or was that ever a point of yeah. tension I guess um not not so much tension maybe maybe tension on my end because I'm like I hope you know I was like just really worried that like it wouldn't it maybe wouldn't happen but then when we openly had the conversation he was quite he was you know open to moving to Australia um at some point which is good because I think that you know if I had if I had known that he was like yeah, no, I'm not, never going to live in Australia. I don't think it it would work, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there has to be, even though I'm happy in Europe right now, there has to be like, you know, that, that door has to be open just in case, you know what I mean? Like maybe. Yeah, I think it's really important in an international relationship that both people are really open-minded yeah. about a lot of things. Yeah. Like there's a lot of uncertainties. You don't know yeah. if you're going to live somewhere forever or if you're going to well, you don't know if you're going to do anything forever, but I think there's a lot of uncertainties that come when it's like, I'm from here, you're from there. Are we yeah. going to live in a third country? Are we going to live here and there? And people have to be open to changes yeah, and different things. for sure. You have to be flexible, yeah. And, um, yeah, especially when it, when it comes to your career and stuff, it's like you want to make sure that you've both got some kind of work that allows you to have that freedom and flexibility as well. Um, you know, for now yeah. our plan is to stay in Vienna for a couple of years because he has a, a – job in an office and where he's set he's going to set himself up um but then after that we've you know we've we've talked about it we've just been like okay maybe in two years we jump up and move again or maybe we go to I don't know somewhere even different it doesn't have to be Australia it could be another country um in Europe or it could be America or wherever but um I mean it's a, a good thing is that he loves to travel too and he's very like adventurous and wants that um as well yeah, that's good. Um, so that's a good thing. But that was very important for me in the beginning. I was like, okay, if I'm going to commit to this relationship, I need to make sure that, you know, I get to, you know, say where I want to be and, and it has to, and it can be a possibility, but also the same for him. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, for now we're, we're here and it works well, um, but maybe, nice. maybe it'll change in a couple of years, but yeah, just have to be open. <laughs> yeah. I think it's I think it's interesting. It's not something that everyone thinks about when they make their career choice, but having a career that has location flexibility is if actually really important, mm-hmm. I guess, if you're in an international relationship. Because I have one friend 
Um, she's American and she's in Munich and her boyfriend is a lawyer and he's like a German lawyer here. And she would really love to move back to the U S at some point. But obviously if you're a German lawyer, that's really hard because that's not really transferable. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, maybe you can find some kind of position where international law is relevant in the U S but generally like if you've taken the bar exam law, you're kind of, you know, stuck with that country where you've studied about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely tricky. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, like I think that kind of thing, it's like, if you, yes, if, as long as you're okay to, you know, stay in Europe for a while. Um, but I don't know. I just, I, I think you'd, ha- you'd have to get some, like something else it has to fulfill you in that relationship too. You know what I mean? So like, for example, mm-hmm. for me, it's like uh, for now we're here with Lawrence's work uh, for Lawrence's work, but then, I just want to um, make sure that I have like a purpose and like I'm actually, you know, able to do something that brings me joy because I've had to give up that part of like not being with my family or whatever. So there has to be something else that kind of fills that that space, um, especially. Yeah, it with, can't be just about your yeah, relationship. No, you, exactly. You need to have other things. Yeah, yeah, especially around purpose. Like I know a lot of my expert friends, that's one thing that they're looking for a lot. They're like, what am I meant to be doing? Like, you know, what, what do I do other than just be, you know, the girlfriend living in, you know, a foreign yeah. country, you know what I mean? And I think that's really yeah. important. So yes, you might have to say no to some things, but at the same time, you need to have something else there and your partner. I think it's important that your partner is understanding of that and is like, okay, and we'll do anything possible to make that happen. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that brings me to two things, actually. Well, first, I want to know how it's been for you um, having moved to Vienna in the last couple of months. Like, have you been able to find a community or how have you been meeting people and getting settled in? And yeah. then second of all, um, would love to hear more about your other purpose, like uh, your business that you're running and yeah. um, everything you're doing and how that's, you know, bringing you joy in Vienna, I'm sure. And yeah. what you're creating there. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, how it's been. I mean, we've been in Vienna well, we arrived, like we were in, I'll go back a little bit. We were in Australia for um, three months at the beginning of the year. And because I thought that we were going to settle there. But then um, once I went home, I kind of just felt like, no, this isn't home now. So I'm going to move back to Europe. Um, and Lawrence had to come back anyway to finish his master's. Um, and so I came back with him and we arrived like two days before lockdown in Europe. Um, so we're very lucky. And then, Crazy, yeah. yeah. And then, we spent uh, a few months living with his parents and then um, we moved, we were planning to move back to Munich actually, but um, because of the times and with Corona and everything, we decided to just um, settle in Vienna and it worked out well. I mean, we had to, you know, go around like, uh, it was like a long journey to get the visa in particular, um, but we, we did it and we were, we moved into an apartment in Vienna in July, I think. And since then, I've, I mean, it's still, we were kind of like, uh, we weren't in lockdown anymore, but I was just kind of like still settling in. We're moving into an apartment. And so um, I was really only making connections with people online. Um, so no one really locally just yet. And then now we're in lockdown again. <laughs> so yeah, anyway. Pretty hard yeah, to meet people. It's a little bit difficult, but that's fine because I mean, I'm quite introverted anyway, and I, I do like to, I, I've been 
yes, it's important to be around real life people, but, you know, because of the times I'm quite satisfied with making relationships online. Um, and mm-hmm. so that's where I put most of my attention. Um, and spe- especially now that I have my own business. Um, so a big part of like coming back to Europe was like knowing that I could have a business number um, and actually, yeah, be like legally run my business. And um, because mm-hmm. that was quite difficult when we were in Germany to apply for. Um, and mm-hmm. so when, before we, I said yes to coming back, I said to Lawrence, look, if we're going back, I really, really want to make sure that I can have um, the opportunity to start my business. Cause I want to have a deeper meaning and purpose. You know, I want I don't want to just be there. Like I just mentioned before as the girlfriend, you know? And so, mm-hmm. um, also I was like outgrowing, like I was working in early childhood education and I was just really like, um, outgrowing that. <laughs> and so yeah. I also said, look, I don't want to go back to that either. Um, and so, yeah, we did work really hard to get the visa that I needed to make it happen. And so the beginning of the year, I launched, um, my, uh, online coaching, um, business and it focuses mainly on like self-love and care and like helping women to find their purpose and to just believe in themselves more. And so I do that through one-on-one mentoring, but also in my more than worthy program, uh, which is a four week group program where we just kind of dig deep and get rid of what no longer is serving us and like, you know, make way for like new beginnings. Um, you know, this put steps in place to achieve certain goals, dreams, um, and just practice self-love overall and just feel a deep, deeper sense of worthiness. So that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's really lighting me up honestly, because I've always been like quite nurturing and for years I was nurturing children. And now I'm just like, you know what, I want to nurture women in a different way and just like put my energy towards that. And so, yeah, I mean, having this purpose and having, you know, um, this vision to just like create something like this has really kept me going, especially as an expat, you know, cause like it's not yeah. always easy, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah. Yeah. I think it's really cool. It's been really nice to follow your journey and see what you've been doing. Cause I, since we met maybe two or three years ago, mm-hmm. I remember talking to you and, um, you had so many ideas and things you were interested in and it's really cool now to see you launching your business mm-hmm. um, and putting that all into action. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Back then yeah. I was just like, just, just dreaming, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, but there were so many, there were quite a few limits, you know, like, like I mentioned with like not being able to have a business in um, Germany that, that was weighing, yeah. that was really weighing on me at the time. And I was, because like, I was doing like a little side gig with, you know, selling my macrame products and stuff, but um. I was like, yeah. if I go back to Australia, I want to start like, cause I ended up doing my yoga teacher training too on the way home to Australia. Um, and mm-hmm. I was like, okay, if I set myself up in Australia, I can do yoga, I can have a business, I can do all this stuff that I wanted to do. Um, but then when I got to Australia, I was like, oh wait, I don't want to do it here. <laughs> it was so weird. I was yeah. not expecting that feeling to come up. And then when, yeah, when, once I had the discussion with Lawrence and was like, okay, if I go back, I need to make sure this is set up so that I am happy and content there. Um, yeah, major kudos to you because that is such a barrier, a challenge sometimes. Like, um, I've been looking into options for the U S it's something my boyfriend and I are potentially considering to move to the U S at some point. And it's really difficult, if not impossible to just move there and just start a business once you're there and become an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. um so I mean it's really great that you found a way to do that in Austria or in Europe yeah yeah for sure yeah 
Yeah, it's um, it's a it's a shame that it's not easy, you know. Like I, I'm hoping that one day we can just like you know hop countries and just it doesn't matter where, you know where yeah. you are and you can just do what you really want to do. Um, yeah, but I guess it must be a barrier for a lot of people because so many yeah. visas are just tied to companies, yeah. and it, you can only get it if you get like a job offer in the country. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what helped like. Um, in regards to the visa was like we had we decided to register our partnership and it made it so much easier just a tip (laughs) for anyone listening (laughs) Um, I mean so does that make you like a common law spouse yeah basically like a um so five-year residency card like and it just I mean it was not easy to get um but like there are ways like I mean, this is for Austria though. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's going to, we can move anywhere in Europe now that that we have this, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, different laws, different countries and like different, you know, the whole process to apply for it might be different if you're in Germany or wherever. Um, but that was like what we decided to do because I was looking, it was only in March or April, I was looking at, um, a working holiday again for Germany because I didn't have that the first time because I think you can only get it once. And then yeah. I was like, okay, working holiday or um, I had, there was like a red, white, red card, but I, but I just didn't tick any box. I didn't tick all the boxes, like the requirements for mm. that. So okay. um, that was what was making it difficult. And then we were like, you know what? We love each other. We're happy together. <laughs> we're just, we're just register our partnership, <laughs> you know, but then I've never heard of that register. Well, well do we say congratulations? Well, did you have a partner registration party? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we did. We did. So, I mean, it's like basically, um, marriage, but without calling it marriage. Like it's, I guess it's what the, um, it's what the, uh, the gays and lesbians can apply for, uh, it, it's, it's like what they get instead of like the traditional um, marriage, okay. if that makes sense. Um, I don't know the terminology, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but the, it was like the, <laughs> So you guys are like a homosexual couple yeah, now. <laughs> um, yeah, so we uh, registered just that and it's like, but there was no proposal or anything, so I'm not accepting it as a marriage. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I said that. Oh, that's I said so that funny. to him, I was like, this doesn't mean that I miss out on like a proposal and a proper wedding in the near future. <laughs> you still yeah. have to marry me properly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So we've been joking about it, but I'm also very serious. Um, <laughs> so. okay. And your family back home is like, sorry, when are you guys getting engaged? Yeah. You're like, well, we're already a registered yeah, partnership. Leave us alone. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Like they didn't really um yeah like they they kind of I didn't go into the full details you guys registered your partnership you didn't even invite us god (laughs) (laughs) basically eloped (laughs) yeah basically um but yeah no I just we tried to keep it on the down low you know when it was happening we're like we don't want to make a big deal about it we're just going to go for a weekend away to this place and like Mm -hmm. just register it and um do it was just like the form a formality kind of thing like we just have to do it and um yeah um but yeah, like some, some members of the family, of course, were like trying to make it a big deal. <laughs> like, you know, they wanted to have some kind of celebration, but, and I like, I appreciate it. But at the same time, Lawrence and I were just like, no, this isn't really how we wanted it to happen. Um, and we just like, so you're registered. Why yeah. are the kids coming? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, but that's nice. the process. So and I'm pretty sure Lawrence is an expert in how to do that now because it was a real roller coaster of like trying to figure out who to talk to. Different government officials had different ways of doing things, oh, and it was just yeah. a good two months of 
um, yeah, not knowing what, how to do it. And I was living here illegally, by the way. Refugee, okay. Not a big deal, but it was like more because um, I came back on the three-month tourist visa. And, yeah. But because of Corona, obviously that was extended uh, because I couldn't go yeah. back to Germany when we were planning to. Um, and I also, the offices weren't open in Austria either. So there was like a, la- a delay there, but there was no problem. But um, at the same time, we were both just like, we really want to have this sorted so that we can just move to Vienna, get an apartment, live, you know, live our lives. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, long story short. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> cool. That's it. Um, yeah, maybe one thing I want to just go back to briefly um, was kind of the whole feeling not at home in Australia or kind of the phenomenon of coming back to your home country and feeling like you're a stranger there, or you don't belong and reverse culture shock mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. I think that's super interesting as well for expats who live abroad for a long time and then they come back and they realize that they see their home country totally differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It was like like re- reverse culture shock for sure. Like, um, I mean, I going back to my hometown, like I, don't know, I haven't lived there for eight years or nine years so like even if I did go back to Australia I probably wouldn't settle there either but then even the cities that I would can you know like to set myself up in again like that even that didn't feel 100% and I it kind of came down to like not I think because I'd just grown and changed in so many ways um I felt like I couldn't be the person who I really wanted to be um in Australia which is weird and but this is the feeling that came up and so I just said to my parents look you know, I love you guys, but I feel like I can be who I really want to be overseas. And like, I'm really thankful that they're really supportive and stuff, but obviously they would, they would prefer me to be in Australia, but it's like, at the same time, I I just feel like I used to say when I first moved to Germany, I was like, Oh, um, there's so many limits here. I can't do anything. You know, I'm not like, Mm -hmm. I, I kind of looked at all the things that like, I just felt like there wasn't enough opportunity for me. But then when I went home, I realized that I actually had more opportunity overseas, um, which is weird. And that, that completely shifted. And I think, yeah, I think about that in a different way now. So I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's like, maybe it's also just being um, in a place where you can jump to different countries. Like when, you know, in during normal times, you know, we can visit different mm-hmm. countries and travel everywhere. It's, Australia is quite isolated and maybe I just got really used to, you know, living somewhere where there was so much to offer. And then, yeah, I mean, Australia is beautiful and I do love it. It's always going to be home. But just for now in my life, it just feels fine to be here. Yeah. yeah. Do you think it's anything to do with kind of being outside of the typical cultural norms and like everything you grew up with? It's kind of just like mm-hmm. I, when I go home, sometimes I feel like I a little bit shift back into being the person who I was in high school when I last lived in that place and in my parents' house. And I feel myself almost regressing a little Mm -hmm. bit and just kind of going back to these norms and this like status quo that it was before. And then when I go abroad, when you don't know anyone and you don't have all of those norms and everything around, I don't know, you can kind of be whoever you want and you don't have to fall back into those patterns of who you were before Mm -hmm. and everything Mm -hmm. around you. Yeah, I agree. Yep. That definitely happened to me too. Like, especially around like, um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know, maybe like just your partying. Cause like, I mean, when back when I was in Australia, I was in that like party phase, like, you know, I mean, I've never been like a huge Mm -hmm. party or a big drinker, but like I was like, um, you know, always doing something like that or like there was some kind of like, 
crazy event and it was really just to drink to get drunk kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And that has just really, I've just really outgrown it. Like it's cool. Like, especially in Germany, like, yes, there's like beer fests and stuff, which I love. And like, I will always, always jump on, but like in regards to just like having, you know, a weekend where it's just like sitting around just drinking because there's nothing else to do. That's kind of how I felt going back home. Um, and like, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I was working on my business too, but then at the same time I was, you know, like, I was like, I don't know if I like doing these regular activities that I used to do when I lived in Australia align with me anymore, you know? And it yeah, kind of totally. felt weird. And like you said, like the word regress, like that's, I have definitely felt that <laughs> when I've gone yeah. home. Um, and like maybe, yeah, just like maybe negative thought patterns and stuff are getting involved in, I don't know. Well, thinking more like in a dramatic way, I guess. Like whereas yeah. over here, I feel a bit more open and like accepting of you know how things are. And, yeah. Yeah, and I feel like I lose motivation somehow because mm-hmm. um, I don't know. It's like everything is just so comfortable that you're not stretched outside of your comfort zone. Yeah, and you're not kind of seeing all these new possibilities and being motivated by all the possible opportunities. Cause everything is just like comfortable. You're just like, okay, like I know how everything works here and I know how my life is here. Yeah. Or could be. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I definitely think living abroad just like, it just opens up, you know, a whole new world and like so many new ideas and like even, you know, I mean, I'm not very like, I'm not super into politics or whatever, but I've become more aware like of, you know, mm-hmm. these things and what matters, um, you know, just living in, because living in Europe, like it's just opened me up to those things. Whereas maybe in the past I was like a bit more closed-minded and like fearful of certain things. Whereas now I'm like, no, like the world's a good place, you know, (laughs) like, because I've seen more. But I mean, yeah, crazy time this year, of course. But like, it's just, yeah, yeah, just in general, I just feel like more open-minded and accepting and yeah. Which is awesome. When you realized that you didn't want to live in Australia anymore, did you feel kind of, dissociated from all countries or kind of like okay where is my home now like if I don't want to live here and I don't fully belong in Germany like um yeah maybe I mean maybe in the beginning because I kind of jumped from like my first time living abroad was London and then I I was there for nine months and then I moved to Munich because I was dating Lawrence and it was my home kind of thing and it took me like a good nine months to feel comfortable in Munich um and then after that it was like, I know we were there for almost two years and I thought that I wanted to go home. So maybe like on a subconscious level, I'm always like, where do I belong? Like, and I'm like wanting, I've noticed myself to be like, like wanting to jump around to different places. And it wouldn't surprise me if that happened in the next year or two here while I'm mm-hmm. in Austria. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe there is a part of me that's like still trying to find that place. But overall, when I look at like, you know, my well-being and everything, I'm quite content, you know, being in Europe for now. Um, yeah. and, but I'm not like going to just limit myself and be like, okay, I'm here for like the next five years. Like I've got this five year visa or whatever. So I'm like, well, but there's so many other countries we could live in. You know what I mean? So I'm like, yeah. <laughs> in my mind. So yeah, I mean, an English speaking country for a while would also be amazing. So yeah. And does Lawrence feel the same way that he wants to live in a lot of different countries still? Yeah, I think so. I mean, not, we haven't openly talked. I mean, recently it's been like, okay, let's go to Bali or something like that and just be like <laughs> um, nomads for a while. But, um, uh, you know, I actually used to have like a, when I was living in Australia 
And I hadn't traveled that much before I traveled Europe. I'd only been to some parts of the US and Thailand. And I used to always mm-hmm. say like, I would never go to Indonesia, which is crazy. Like, oh, really? I, yeah, I was so weird about it. Whereas, <laughs> whereas over here, everyone's like, oh, Bali, like everything, like everything about Bali. And yeah, people like fantasize yeah. about it, idolize yeah, it. Yeah, um, I think it's because so many Aussies go to Bali and I was just like, oh, why would I go to Bali when I can, you know, hang out with my Aussie friends here or Aussie people here? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, and I just was very close minded, but I'm, but now I'm like, you know what? I want to see um so you know when he brought it up he's like oh maybe we could live in bali for six months or something i'm like yeah cool like that would be amazing um Mm -hmm. but yeah we also thought about japan and um also uh tel aviv in israel uh apparently that's really cool yeah um but yeah i mean i think we're both open but for now it's like he's just starting out in his career so he needs like maybe two years to just settle in and then figure it out but um yeah yeah Nice. Well, it sounds great. Lots of exciting potential plans for the future. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's an adventure. <laughs> I'd yeah. like to keep it that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I don't want to be like stuck in. Yeah. Just, I don't know. I like to, be, I like, I think I'm constantly striving for like inspiration and, and I'm going to mm-hmm. find that if I'm living abroad, of course, um, you can find inspiration in a lot of things, but like living abroad has definitely opened up like this, you know, world of inspiration and positive stuff. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. I agree. And living abroad, I get to meet such interesting, inspirational people like you. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's that's a bonus. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, Well, yeah, to wrap it up, is there anything else that you want to say about the Sweet Smiling Soul programs or anything that you want to let people know about? Um, Yeah, I mean, if you're open to, you know, uh, self-development and spirituality, all the woo stuff. I love talking about that. <laughs> um, but also just like, you know, if you want to just feel like a deeper sense of self-love, then you can follow me over at Sweet Smiling Soul on Instagram. Um, and yeah, you can just check out what I have to offer. Um, but yeah, I'm just here to support you. Expats also, if you're not an expat, that's also cool. Um, but yeah, just really, I've just created a space for women to just feel inspired and yeah find purpose yeah I love it great well I will link all of those things um and yeah thank you so much for taking the time today Lauren yeah thanks for having me so I hope you guys enjoyed my conversation with Lauren about what it's like to be in an international relationship um maybe some of you who are expats yourselves could relate or just found it interesting to hear what life as an expat abroad in Europe is like So if you want to connect with Lauren, you can definitely check out her website, which is sweetsmilingsoul.com or sweetsmilingsoul on Instagram. Um, She has some really great offers if anyone is looking for coaching or self-love programs. And yeah, otherwise you can connect with Falling Hard at Falling Hard Podcast on Instagram. Um, The podcast currently does not have a website. But if you all continue to be such lovely, loyal listeners and fans of the podcast, we can certainly discuss putting up a website. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Otherwise, looking forward to bringing you some other conversations with cool international guests sometime soon. And definitely give me some feedback. Let me know if you enjoyed the episode, if you'd like to hear more. Um, Yeah. any, Any thoughts that you might have? really open to it and looking forward to it. 
So thanks, everyone. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Happy holidays. Stay safe. Don't get COVID. Sarah, out. Fuck. I know I say out.